What is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown. We're your two hosts. I'm Hayden Vozar. He's Matt Vozar. Today is Sunday, March 13th, so it is Selection Sunday. We're about two hours after Selection Sunday happened, so it's about 8.30 right now. For the past two hours, Matt and I have just been looking at our brackets and looking at the matchups that we have at hand, and we've just been diving deep into into what we think our initial reactions are going to be shown in this episode this is the first part to our kind of two-part march madness series so we're going to have a we're going to have part one tonight which is kind of just initial reactions and then we're going to point out teams that we think you know kind of have a have a, have a leg up on their opponent um just at first glance and then next episode which is going to come out tomorrow night monday night is going to be kind of our full bracket episode where we pick all the games and we kind of give you guys a little a, a little brief explanation of what's going through our heads and everything like that so it's going to be yeah it's, it's going to be a grind tonight and tomorrow night we haven't we've never done this actually we've never done two episodes and two consecutive nights but that's what we're doing today and it's it's going to be it's gonna be really fun in my opinion i think this is going to be like this whole stretch of march madness madness that we're going to be talking about in the next week or two weeks or three weeks or whatever i think this is gonna be like the best stretch of episodes that we've that we've had and will probably be the best best stretch of episodes until next march so yeah mad and i are both super pumped for march madness this is the most i've ever actually looked at brackets and this is the most i've ever studied brackets right off the bat so i'm really excited for it matt are you excited i mean Dude, I've been saying it for months. I'm like, I'm just, I can't wait. I, this, it's time, right? I mean, you know, Hayden's like, oh, this is gonna be the best. Stretch. Of course, it's gonna be the best stretch of episodes. Of course, I like I, this is. I, it's like I wouldn't even consider it a grind to to be to be recording all these episodes. It's it's so fun. It's the best thing that now. Obviously, every episode is like that because I love talking about sports. But like March Madness specifically, I'm just. It's never. It, it's my favorite time of the year. It's like I mean, it, you know, Hayden's like, oh, you know, this is the first time I'm gonna kind of you know seriously get into the brackets here. He knows. He can tell you. I make the ESPN allows you to make 25 brackets every year, and I make the most. Mo- Passable. I make all 25 brackets every year and I compare and I break it down and I do it all week. Cause that's the, that's the fun part to me is this kind of like, you know, once you get the bracket release on selection Sunday, where we're at right now, I think the, the, the fun part, the nostalgic part, honestly, is the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday leading up to when the first round starts on, on Thursday. So that's kind of where I'm at right now is like, this is, this is the prime time. This is like, it's like, it's, it's like the, it's like, it's like Christmas Eve, right? But because it's like you have it, but it's like three days of Christmas Eve and then, and then four days of Christmas once we get to Thursday through Sunday. Come on now. So yeah, I, I, I can't even really put into words as you guys have kind of heard me struggle through this, how excited I am not only to be, you know, getting the content onto you guys and recording this episode in general, but just for March Madness in general. I mean, I seriously, like I, I, I have these, all these crazy, um, you know, traditions and just thinking back to years past where it's like, you know, I, I, I can like think of specific moments in time where, you know, I, I it went back in like middle school and I was like, oh, I was at this exact location watching this game. I can remember this because it's just so fun and so nostalgic for me that I know that every year it like creates more new memories and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so definitely a long wind, winded way of saying that uh, this is my favorite week of the year for sure. Um, and, and I can't wait to 
have an additional, you know, kind of way to get out my thoughts, right? Because we, you know, we had it, we didn't, weren't doing the podcast like this last year. And, and so when years pass, it's kind of just been like, you know, I, I just kind of sit by myself and, and, and just go through my brackets and do it that way. But now we kind of have, you know, we have an audience, we have a, we have a, we have a growing family here on the first time rundown podcast. And, and so we can all join in on the fun and that's just an added bonus uh, for me. So, so I'm definitely, again, you know, ecstatic for for this week and, and, and all that there is to come as Hayden mentioned we'll do you know this episode tonight uh kind of just going over the conference tournaments you know how our predictions fared as well as kind of just some just some general information on, on on the 68 team field for for March Madness for the bracket um because then tomorrow we'll kind of follow it up with with our official picks uh and then even on Wednesday we'll kind of do our normal Tuesday routine talk about the NFL talk about, obviously we're recording this right after the Tom Brady news came by so like we'll probably have to wait till Wednesday for that but obviously there's not even really much to talk about like I was kind of thinking about it before I'm like he's, he's going to play again. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like we did a whole episode dedicating, you know, dedicated to his retirement and everything. And it's like, okay, so he's just coming back. Like, all right, cool. That's fine. So at least we kind of, you know, there's that to mention, but I think we'll kind of go deeper into that on Wednesday. That way, once, you know, once the tournament does start Thursday through Sunday, like, you know, there's going to be a ton of action going on. You're going to be with your family, your friends, watching the games, breaking down the bracket, but you know, you still need, you still need something to listen to throughout the, you know, throughout the week. So, so we'll get the, we'll get the regularly scheduled content of those sports out to you as well. In addition to the bracket breakdown and everything that, that we just mentioned. So, uh, so without further ado, let's just kind of get into it. I think kind of, you know, we can kind of start at the top here. Uh, maybe even, maybe just talk about each of the conference tournaments, uh, you know, where our picks were correct, where we were wrong, you know, kind of what we thought about each of them. Uh, and then, and then kind of move into, into the actual, you know, the field of 68 here that we have for, for the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So starting out, I guess, I guess we should start with ACC. I think we're going to go in alphabetical order for this episode because we haven't even really had a specific order for the past episodes that we've done our conference tournament jargon in so yeah I th- we're gonna start with ACC and this was one of the conferences that both Matt and I were just trashing the whole time leading up until the conference tournaments happened and it was basically that we thought that there was no team in the ACC that was competitive at all except for Duke and yes UNC had that that win against Duke in the you know the last home game of the season for Duke and that was that was a pretty big win so UNC kind of creeped up there into our minds and was like okay well this is this might be a team that that could do something here they got beat by Virginia Tech in the semifinals and it was just it was in in perfect fashion right so before that Virginia Tech beat Notre Dame and that that was a game that I actually picked and I'm I was pretty proud of pr- pretty proud of that pick to begin with and then they beat UNC and I was like okay, wait a, wait a second. This is kind of weird. And then they got to the championship and I was like, okay, yeah. And then Duke got to the championship. So, you know, Duke is probably just going to take this one and it was a good run for Virginia tech, but they don't have the power to, to get through Duke. And then they ended up just throttling Duke by 15 in the, in the ACC championship and took the ACC, ACC championship. If there was one thing that I didn't expect to happen that did happen in these conference tournaments, it would definitely be that. I think that's at the top of everybody's list. And again, it's 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 kind of a, a good way to start out this conversation, just because it was it was so weird that it happened, and we had one team in the ACC that we thought was going to take it all, you know, no questions asked, and then this was the time when 
Virginia Tech just surprised everybody and and just rolled over everybody. That's I, I guess that's pretty much all I have to talk about in the ACC. Again, I you know I had Duke winning it all or winning the the conference tournament and they got to the championship and whatever. Um, you, you know UVA Matt picked UVA um, to go a pretty long way and they they ended up losing against UNC, which was kind of sad. But yeah, I mean we're we're both UVA guys as you guys know, and so that was it was a little bit. It's a little bit heartbreaking to see them just get throttled by by UNC as well. So, yeah, I mean, there's not really much to talk about for the ACC tournament here. I, I guess I'll hand it over to Matt just to talk about anything that he wants to touch on. But, yeah. I think a lot of what you said was right. And, and to go back on what you said, too, we really agreed on a lot of what our predictions were for the ACC tournament. I mean, you know, we had different picks kind of throughout, but but we both thought that Duke was going to win. We both thought that, you know, either UNC or, or UVA could kind of make a run and 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 be in the championship with Duke, but the, but the Duke wouldn't really kind of face any, any trouble in going there. So, and, and I don't think Duke really even faced much trouble until they got to the championship game and they got rolled, you know? So I think it was just kind of like, they even expected it not to be as, you know, as tough as it actually was when kind of, they did get to the championship game. Um, I expected better from, from UNC, but, but I think the moral of the story is like, is Virginia Tech, right? I mean, first of all, just, just like, you know, immediate reactions. I don't think Virginia Tech would have made March Madness if they hadn't won the ACC tournament, you know, yeah. if, they, if they had, even if they had lost to UNC in kind of the, you know, the the semifinal, the quarterfinals or whatever. Yeah. Semifinal actually. Um, you know, they, I, I think even if they had gotten to the championship and not beaten Duke, I think they probably still wouldn't have made it. So, so that's kind of the cool thing coming out of this is like tech, Virginia tech was definitely a bid stealer. And, and one of those that nobody was really expecting, like Hayden said, but kind of, you know, are we surprised that like there was kind of a crazy upset? Not really. Cause yeah, Duke was the favorite, but like we've been saying it too. It was like Duke has, has, has shown that they're not, they're also not kind of, you know, what a normal Duke team would look like. Yeah, they're good because they're the best team in the, you know, regular season wise, just record wise, whatever, you know, Duke was the best team in the ACC. But like overall, I, you know, I, they were, the ACC is the worst conference. So if you're the best team in the worst conference, like really, what do you expect? And so I think that the fact that there were so many upsets and that Tech was just able to run through the conference that kind of proves to me even more so how bad the ACC was kind of altogether is that a team can just kind of get hot from three and, and, and just roll through the tournament. That's, that's the most surprising, you know, kind of stat of all is that tech won all of their games. I mean, they beat Notre Dame, the two seed UNC, the three seed and Duke, the one seed beat all of them by double digits. They just completely outclassed every single, they ran through every single team they played in the tournament. And I think that just speaks to how, under leveled and, and just kind of bad quality that ACC is overall. Obviously, congratulations to Virginia Tech. I can definitely see them making a run in the tournament, so I'm glad that they did make it. But I think, you know, right overall, like I don't I don't foresee Duke, you know, making the final four and competing for a championship this year. I just I, just, I really don't. Um, and, and same with UNC. I mean, they got an eight seed, you know, so it's like kind of all these teams that, that got it. Miami was a 10 seed, you know, Notre Dame's an 11 seed. They're in a play in game. So it's like it kind of panned out the way we thought it would where like yeah duke is a high seed just because they have a good record but like all the other teams in the acc are an eight seed or worse and i think that's going to play out and i really don't see a lot of potential for them when we kind of get to march madness and in the actual ncaa tournament yeah i think that's all great stuff right there and moving on to big east next in the alphabet we've got 
Villanova as our champion. Now, this is one of the one of the champions that I picked right, and I'm pretty proud of myself. I think that otherwise in the Big East, I got a lot of things wrong. <laughs> I uh, I think I picked Providence to go to the final game and play against Villanova. Now, Providence lost. Who did Providence lose against? Who was it again? Creighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Providence lost against Creighton, and then the game before that in the quarterfinals against uh, against Butler. They were so close to losing and in classic Providence fashion, as we've seen so many times this season, they just somehow pull out of their butts and they just, yeah, they, they win in crazy fashion. Um, and again, like we saw, we saw that happen with Butler, or at least I did. And I know that Matt did too, cause he was texting me about it throughout the game or throughout the end of the game, I guess. And yeah, we were just texting back and forth and we were just like, dude, this, I mean, this is what we expect from Providence at this point. So it wasn't even really, it wasn't a surprise at all, but it did kind of foreshadow what was to come in that Creighton game. And yeah, Creighton handed it to him. Creighton's also a, a really good team. I think, I think they're a team to watch out for in the tournament as well. Um, again, we'll, we'll get more into that, you know, as, as we move more into March Madness itself. But yeah, I think that Creighton's another good Big East team that a lot of people are kind of forgetting about. I was a little bit sad that Seton Hall didn't do what they what I expected them to do against UConn again, UConn is, is, is a pretty good team. And I, I think they have a few, a few good top 25 uh, wins, but yeah, like I, I just didn't really see them doing much coming into the tournament, but I mean, they beat Seton Hall. And so, yeah, so Seton Hall was kind of my upset pick in that, in that conference and they didn't end, end up doing too well. But again, I think that the champion picking the champion, right. Is, is really what matters here. And so I think that, uh, yeah, I think that I did a pretty good job of picking Villanova. Again, they were kind of the favorite there, even though they were the two, the two seed. I think that most people thought that they were going to win the Big East tournament. So they they might have been the, you know, kind of kind of the only favorite that won in any of the conference tournaments because we have a lot of mix ups to come here after the Big East. But yeah, I mean, I think I think that the Big East was kind of another an, another conference where like there were some. There were some good upsets in the beginning rounds and, you know, quarterfinals and everything. But then when it came down to it, Villanova had a pretty easy opponent in Creighton in the final game. And so they they were able to pull it out again. If, if Villanova played Providence, I think that would have been a better game. But it just so happened that that Creighton took out Providence in the semifinals. So, yeah, that final game was a little bit easy, I think, for for Villanova. But I don't think that it really changes anything going into March Madness for them. Yeah, I picked Providence to win basically just because I didn't want to pick Villanova. They were definitely the favorite. Again, seeding doesn't matter a lot because you kind of have weird regular season things that happen and whatever. So, so yeah, I, I picked Providence, but I definitely thought, you know, if, like if I was to bet on it, I would have said Villanova won. And that's what they did, and, and they were supposed to. So I think that, you know, there's not really much to say here. I think the only surprising part is really that that Providence lost by almost 30 to Creighton. But again, like, you know, Creighton's a pretty good team um, and that and that UConn almost beat Villanova. That would have been that would have been, I think, kind of really cool to have like a Creighton UConn final for the Big East. And the Big East got a lot of teams in the tournament. Like, I think they got six, six teams. Yeah, they got six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I don't really know what to make of it, though. I think that like they held their own in terms of being a legit conference because you know, the competition was good, but I just, I don't know if they're like, I don't know if, cause they basically got just as many as the other power five, a lot more actually than some of the power five conferences. They got more than the ACC. They got more than the PAC 12. So like, I think that 
you know, the Big East is kind of thought of as a power conference in, you know, when it comes to just the overall landscape of college basketball. I don't know if they are. And I think that that's probably going to be reflected in kind of their outcomes when it does come to March Madness in the tournament. I don't foresee any of these teams making a run or, or even kind of making the sweet 16. Obviously Villanova is a two seat, so they'll kind of have, uh, you know, a pretty good advantage in kind of facing some easier teams along the way. But yeah, overall, I, I wasn't surprised that Villanova won. I think the only surprising result really was Creighton, you know, kind of crushing Providence. But obviously, as we've said, like, you know, Providence isn't really, you know, they've kind of just been up and down all year and, and maybe they had a bad game, but uh, I do think they'll kind of go into the tournament with, 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 with a, with a full, with a full head of steam. Um, but yeah, overall congrats to Villanova and, and, you know, not a super surprising result. I think the only surprising result is how many teams that are going to get into March Madness from here, but you know, hopefully they can do well. I just don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't really foresee it. And, and maybe that can kind of going forward, the tournament committee can kind of realize like, you know, maybe these guys aren't, you know, necessarily deserve it. Cause I think if Richmond hadn't won, Richmond was also a bid stealer. If they hadn't won the A-10, I think Xavier might have gotten in or something. I don't know, something like that. So it's like they could add even more. So um, I don't think it's – just me personally, I don't think they're necessarily deserving. I don't think they'll have a ton of a ton of kind of like – a lot of teams – I don't think a lot of teams are from the Big East are going to make a run uh, in this year's tournament. All righty, moving on to the Big Ten here. The Big Ten is possibly the most surprising conference, both going into March Madness and obviously the outcome of the conference tournament. Now, I do have to brag here and say that, that yes, I changed my pick from Purdue to Iowa when we did our second episode on where we picked our full quarterfinal through championship bracket for the conference tournaments. And I did pick Iowa in that in that episode. So I picked I picked the right champion. And I think that was that's definitely my proudest moment. And that might be my proudest moment of March Madness as well. So like that, that might just kind of have to take the cake. Um, Again, we don't really know here. But usually my March Madness takes don't really turn out too well. So uh, so yeah, I'm going to go ahead and and say that me picking Iowa to take the Big Ten championship home is my my biggest feat so far in this podcast. I think it is. And again, I think that a lot of people were sleeping on Iowa. They, you know, they were the five seed in the tournament. They're in the conference tournament. They're also a five seed in the actual tournament, which we'll get to that later. I have some stuff to say about that. But yeah, they, I, th- I think they surprised a lot of people. They kind of got more of an easy ride, uh, just, like, just like Villanova did because the one seed in Illinois was taken out pretty early. And so I think that kind of made it a little bit easier for them. But again, I mean, they were, they were playing Purdue in the final game and Purdue's one of those teams where you never really want to play them. And they, they kept the lead throughout the whole game and, you know, they just kind of, they didn't let off. So that's, that's what Iowa does to you. I think that Iowa's such a strong team and they're, they're coming into the tournament really, really strong here. And so that's, that's kind of all I have to say about this. Also the, the, the big 10, they actually have nine teams in the tournament. So if you include play-in teams, you know, t- teams that get chosen for the four play-in games, Rutgers got chosen for one of them. So because Rutgers got chosen for one of those, you can you can technically say that nine teams made it into the tournament, which is just insane. Like that's nine teams from one conference is, is crazy. As Matt was saying for the Big East, six teams from the Big East made it. That's like six teams is, is usually considered about – not, not even really the average. I'd say, I'd say the average is about like five from the top, from the power five conferences. 
getting six teams into the into the tournament is is actually pretty good. Like that's that's considered pretty good. And the Big Ten got nine in. That's three more than anybody else did. So I think there was like a three way tie for second with the Big East and maybe the Big Twelve for with six. And then um, and then yeah, and then the Big Ten obviously got nine, which is just, yeah, that's crazy. And again, I, I think we'll have more talk about that later on in this episode, because that's, that's a little bit faulty there, I think, but yeah, I mean, overall the, the big 10 tournament was pretty good. I I think that there was, you know, a three and a five seed playing in the championship. I think that's pretty cool. And of course the five seed taking the cake is, is always cool to see as well. It's always cool to see a team like Iowa get hot towards the end here and get hot right at the right time coming into March madness. So I'm, I'm feeling good about my, my tournament pick. And I think that you guys are going to, you guys kind of know where I'm going to go in the tournament here with Iowa, but yeah, Matt, take it away. Yeah, that was a great pick. Uh, I, I mean, when you said it, I was like, yeah, I could see it happen, but it's going to take a lot of stuff for that to happen. And that's exactly what did happen. So um, yeah, definitely props to Hayden for calling that. And and I think, did you, I think you even had him playing Purdue in the championship. Like you like, I did. Yeah. I had that. Purdue and Iowa in the championship. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was pretty good. And we're going to get to a conference coming up in which I actually was undefeated in, but Obviously, I didn't pick any upsets like Hayden did for the, you know, for the championship game and everything like that. So to have a 5-3 upset and have the five seed winning that tournament is 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 uh, definitely something to hang your hat on. I agree with everything Hayden said. They were a buzzsaw. They were just they, – the offense is crazy. Keegan Murray broke the record for the most points in conference tournament history. So, like, no other player in Big Ten, in the Big Ten, um, has scored more points in the conference tournament than Keegan Murray did this year. Um the semifinal against Indiana on Saturday was insane. They were down by like eight points with, with like two minutes left. They hit five threes in a row. Uh, they win that game and then obviously carry that momentum into today and beat Purdue. Um, so yeah, I, I think again, kind of the, the story coming out of this is, is what Hayden mentioned is that the big 10 got nine teams in. And the thing is he said that, uh, that, that the, uh, that Rutgers is a play in game. Um, Indiana is also a play in team. And so it's like, they, they basically had like two of the kind of on the bubble teams, uh, or three of them, honestly, kind of get in. And so that was the extra three that kind of you see there. And again, you know, this is kind of the, this is kind of the narrative. I think that, you know, when we start talking about March Madness a little bit more, but I think that kind of, I'll take this opportunity to talk about the big 10 overall. It's like, this is what happened last year. I think they got nine or 10 teams in last year and everybody was saying, Oh my God, you know, is it going to be a big, all big 10 teams make the final four this year? Like they had so much hype going into the tournament and only one team made it to the sweet 16 uh, or beyond. And that was Michigan made it to the elite eight. So it was like, I don't, I think, I think this year could be probably pretty similar. I think maybe the big 10 got humbled a little bit last year and kind of, it just was random matchups and bad matchups for them. But I, I don't foresee a lot of the same, like, I, I don't foresee a lot of success for the Big Ten. I know I just said that about the, the Big East, too. But, like, yeah, I just, I think that there's just too many teams that are represented here. And, and it's, and it's just, I think just the media and just whoever, you know, kind of produces the content, like, tells us how good the Big Ten is when really it's like, it's the same level of competition in every other conference. We're just going to assign the big East or the big 10, the big 10 as being that one. So, okay, cool. Like whatever, you know? So I think that that's kind of my thoughts on it is like, I just, I think they're a little bit overrated again and we're going to see obviously the way that the matchups work out, but yeah, I I don't think that nine teams should have gotten in from the big 10. And I realize that two of them are playing teams. So technically only seven could possibly like, you know, actually make it when we get to like the first round, but still, I think that, yeah, I, I like, 
I mean, Michigan, Michigan is 17 and 14. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, how do you, and they weren't even a play, they're not even a playing team. They weren't even like, like they, they give like the last four in and Michigan wasn't even one of the last four in. Like they were like solidly, solidly in the tournament. I'm like, why? Like, what have they shown? I don't know. I get like They were number four preseason to start the season. Michigan was number four. So I think that they've just kind of like carried that as being like, oh, well, they were supposed to be good to start the season. So they, they definitely deserve to be in the tournament. Like, no, like, they haven't. They are. They weren't even close to finishing in the top twenty-five. So, like, with seventeen and fourteen record, like, you're really, you know, I, I think you're completely, you know, passing up teams like Oklahoma, like Texas A&M, who had good wins in their conference tournament, who ended the season way better than Michigan. And Michigan didn't even win the first game in their conference tournament. Like, are you kidding me? They played in the first round. They were like the eight seed, and they didn't even win, and they still made it to the to March Madness. Now, the funny thing is, I actually think that they're going to beat Colorado State, which is their first round matchup. So, like, I guess you know, as much as I'm complaining, I'm probably going to pick them to actually win the first game. But I don't know. Either way, I think kind of what Hayden said is like they they had nine teams in, which is surprising, and I think that that's probably too much. I think they're going to be overrated. We'll see how it goes, but yeah, I don't think that I, I think the committee did a bad job of just kind of just automatically assuming that the Big Ten had all this firepower and that they should deserve to have this many teams in. Yeah. They, the committee definitely got that wrong in my opinion. And I guess I, I'll just talk a little bit about it now. There, there should not be nine big 10 teams in there in, in, in the, the bracket, because again, we, the, the big 10 was one of those conferences this year that like throughout the year, we were saying they just haven't shown us any, anything like they're, they were one of the bottom five power five conferences, in my opinion, um, this, this whole season, right. They didn't really have, they had like powerhouses like Illinois. And I, I mean, I guess you could, you could argue Purdue, but like both of those guys lost some pretty bad games. Right. So like they, they didn't really have a team that was, that showed a lot of, you know, like Arizona and the PAC 12, the PAC 12, you don't really, again, they got, I think four teams in the, into the tournament this year, but those four teams, they're really good, right? You got you got Arizona, you got UCLA, um, and you got USC, right? So it's just like those teams, I think, are you know those, those teams show more than the than the nine Big Ten teams that got into the tournament. I think that if anything, you know, again, Michigan, you could argue, yes, they had some good wins, but they had a lot of bad losses as well. I think you should have they should have switched Rutgers and Michigan. So I think Michigan should have been in the playoff in the playing game where Rutgers is. And then Rutgers should have been that 11 seed playing against Colorado State. I think that would have been more fair because I think that Rutgers was better this year than Michigan was overall. And yeah, I think I think it just would have been a better idea to do that. Again, Michigan still had a chance, still would have had a chance to make it, make it into the actual tournament by you know winning that play-in game. But now they're just automatically into the tournament, and Rutgers might not even get in if they don't win their if they don't win their playing game, which is just. Yeah, that's just kind of whack in my opinion. But moving on to the Big 12 here, Kansas won. And this was kind of – this wasn't really a surprise to me. I think the most surprising thing was Baylor getting out in the – what was it, the the semifinals, I think it was. Yeah, I think – Oklahoma. Or, yeah, sorry. Yeah, they, they got beat by Oklahoma in the, um, in the quarterfinals. Again, I think that I forgot when I picked Baylor to win the big 12, I think I was kind of forgetting how decimated they are by injury. It's really sad that Baylor has, you know, has, has these injuries to, to, to the guys that have gotten hurt because those guys are important to their team that uh, the, the big man. And I think they have one more guy that's hurt as well. And yeah, it's just like, 
you can have such a good team, but if a lot of you guys are hurt, you're not, you're obviously not going to be able to do well. And so I think I was a little bit too high on Baylor here. And that's, that's my fault. I will take fault for that. There's still a one seed in the tournament, which was a little bit weird to see. I don't like, again, you could, you could say, okay, well, who would you put above Baylor? And I would probably agree with you because again, I've been a Baylor fan this year. So yeah, but I'm definitely not, I'm not going to be picking them to win in my tournament anymore. I know I said that in, I don't know, probably like a couple of weeks ago, but I, you know, I said that they would probably be a pretty strong candidate to, to repeat the championship this year. I don't think they're going to have like any chance to do that at all, even though they're still one seed, but yeah, I think, I think that the, the committee did a pretty good job of, of placing, you know, the other big, big 12 teams in here, you know, you got Texas tech at three seed. They've got a pretty tough game. I think they, I, I don't know. Texas tech is like, you know, one of the best teams, if not the best, uh, teams on defense in the country and they're playing Montana state who I think the last time they made it into the tournament was like 1996 or something. So if they were playing another, you know, another 14 seed that kind of had experience in the past in the tournament or just any kind of recent experience, I might have gone the 14 seed, but again, like Montana state, they're playing, they're playing them. And I think that Texas tech will take that. And Matt was high, pretty high on Texas tech. They got to the championship against, um, against Kansas, but Kansas just, they they've really shown towards the end of the season that they, that they're looking like a good tournament team. It was also kind of interesting to see that there was two big 12 teams as, as one seeds. But again, like that's just kind of a result of Baylor getting there because of what they did all season and how, how great they've looked all season up until the, the big 12 tournament. But yeah, I think that the big 12 was a, is, is a really strong conference. I think that we, you could, that, I mean, you could argue just because they have two one seeds that they might be, be the you know the tournament with the most teams that go far in the tournament um you know maybe like the most teams in the sweet 16 or whatever but yeah they've they've got some high seats in the tournament and it's it's cool to see that but i think that you know kansas winning was was a safe pick and i'm i'm kind of sad that i didn't go for them but they've they've proven a lot to me since the big 12 tournament that they could definitely be you know one of the best one seeds if not the best one seed so yeah, it's it's I mean, I agree. I think it was a little bit expected probably for for Kansas to win, especially once Baylor uh, lost early. I was I was gunning for it. I had Texas Tech to win the Big 12. And, and obviously I had them matched up against Texas. I just are. Yeah, sorry, Kansas. Um, I just I thought they could have beaten Kansas and they and they did. They were they hung tight in the first half. Um, they were leading in the second half, but just kind of near the end of the game, um, you know, Texas's size and, and shot making ability kind of kind of just stifled Texas Tech. And, and, and so Kansas deservedly won. Hayden, you know, hit the nail on the head. I think Big 12 was the best conference in college basketball this year. Um, it does doesn't show based on the amount of teams they got in the tournament. But again, we've already gone over that. I don't agree that I, I think they, I think the text, I think the big 12 should have gotten the most teams in the tournament. Um, but I think that kind of having two teams as one site, one seeds shows that, you know, that they were kind of deserving of it. And, and I think that kind of to Hayden's point before of like, right, you know, who else would you have as a one seed other than Kansas and Baylor? Um, you know, the fact that Baylor lost their first game in the conference tournament it, and still got a one seed, I think, you know, they, they were pretty lucky there, but I think the reason is because both Kentucky and Duke didn't win their conference tournaments. I think if Duke had won the ACC easily, they, they would have taken Baylor's spot as the one seed. And, you know, likewise with Kentucky, if they would have beaten, uh, you know, beaten Tennessee and then Texas A&M, they won the SEC, you know, Kentucky would have been a one seed too. So I think that the fact that like, 
two other favorites from other conferences both lost and didn't didn't win their conference tournament. Um, Baylor kind of just kind of just you know took that and ran with it. They 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 snuck in as the one seed there. But say I, I I'm on the same page with Hayden. I think that um, you know there's this crazy trend that if, if you lose your first game in your conference tournament or like no team that has lost their first game in their conference tournament has ever gone on to win the national championship. And I think that that's kind of gonna that's gonna hold true here with Baylor. Uh, you know they won it last year and you know, that's, that's, I think great enough, but I think that, you know, despite having a one seed, I, I don't see them. Uh, I don't even see them making the final four, to be honest. We'll, we'll kind of go over that in a little bit more uh, here later on as, and as well as tomorrow, but yeah, obviously overall it was, it was good to kind of see um, a couple upsets in, in the big 12 tournament and, and that, you know, a lot of teams, a lot of these teams were good. I, I would have loved to see Oklahoma make it. I think they could have made a run because uh, they were playing hot. Um, but I think that, you know, as Hayden said, I think that they were seated correctly. Uh, and I, and I, you know, I do, I do agree that they, a lot of these teams kind of have potential to, to go far in the tournament this year. Alrighty, moving on to the Pac-12 here. This is the second to last conference that we have to go over. And I picked USC to win the Pac-12 back in our, in our full conference tournament bracket episode. And that didn't turn out well at all. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, yeah, I mean, they, they lost to UCLA in the semifinals, which again, it was just, I've been low on UCLA all season, and I think that they've kind of proven to me by now that they can be a good team, that they can do well in the tournament this year. They, I mean, they did really well last year in the tournament. They got to the Final Four, which, again, like they, they did that last year, but then at the beginning of this year, they, I think they were ranked really high because obviously, you know, they should be because they made it so far in the Final Four or in the bracket last year. Um, and so they were ranked really high this year, and then they just like – they were one of those teams that – just plummeted through the ranks in the first couple of weeks because of, you know, the losses that they had and throughout the season, they didn't really show much else. You know, they, I think they lost against Arizona and Arizona state in like back-to-back games. I think they lost to Arizona state first. And then obviously Arizona second, because well, I mean, Arizona's, you know, Arizona's just a powerhouse and very deservedly a one seed. But yeah, I think that Arizona's like, definitely you know they they won the tournament the conference tournament so i think they're definitely the favorite for the pac-12 this year in the actual tournament i think their region is probably like one of the easiest um if not the easiest i think that they don't like they don't really have like i'm looking at it right now and they don't really have anybody to play tennessee is is also in their region and so they're you know they're probably the only other team that could really give them a run in their region but i don't i don't really see Arizona, you know, having any trouble getting through their region, which I think that I, I think, again, like they they kind of deserve this easy ride to the final four this year because they've you know, they've they've done everything up to this point to impress us. And so I think that, yeah, Arizona being, you know, the the winner of the Pac-12 tournament, it wasn't any surprise. It's just kind of like Kansas with the Big 12. And I think that we're going to see again, we're, you know, the, the PAC 12 was kind of underrepresented this year in the tournament, but I think we're going to see them make a, a, a pretty big statement. I think they're going to do better than the big East. Like Matt was saying, I'm not, I'm not really high on the big East and I hope they do. I hope any conference does better than the big 10 at this point, because they they're just annoying in my opinion, but yeah, I hope that like they have less than half of the teams that the big 10, that the big 10 has in the tournament. I hope that all four of those teams make it past where all nine of those, uh, all nine of the big 10 teams make it. So, yeah. Yep. So this is my time to brag. Um, 
we went through the brackets and and gave our picks. And it was funny because we got to the Pac-12 and I'm looking at the bracket, just the way that it worked out. And I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, you know, I, I just I think that like the teams in this conference are very they're very clear cut. So the rankings and the seedings, it was all based on the regular season activity, the you know, the games these teams had played. And, and it just, it made sense to me. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to pick any upsets. I'm not going to even pick, you know, Oregon, the five seed to beat Colorado, the four seed in this conference tournament. I picked all the higher seeds to win every single game. And that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, so that's, this is kind of my Hayden had definitely had probably, um, you know, his, his kind of bragging was like picking crazy upsets to happen in the big tw- in the big 10, the, the championship game of five versus three and picking the five to win it. You know, that was really awesome. But for me, I picked the entire bracket. Correct. So we each kind of had a good, a good, uh, a good kind of brag session coming out of the, um, coming out of the conference tournaments and, and it was in different different conferences for sure but but Hayden really kind of nailed it um I think that you know it it, it was kind of laid out like this for a reason um Arizona just ran through everybody that's exactly what I said was going to happen they were actually UCLA was giving them a lot of trouble up until you know almost like eight ten minutes left in the second half there in the game there yet last night so but I think that that was kind of that proved to me that Arizona has what it takes to when they, you know, when they get down because they were down by, you know, they were down, by, I think six or five or six at halftime. And then kind of later on in the second half, they were down by eight, nine points and they ended up winning by nine points, you know? So I think that that proved to me that Arizona really has what it takes to when they're down in the game, kind of, kind of, you know, rally around, get their stuff straight and, and just go on a roll. Um, but I do think the other thing coming out of this, uh, is the fact that UCLA, right, you know, we kind of, we've been talking about them a lot this year, where after a final four run as an 11 seed last year, they just didn't show it in in the, you know, in the regular season. But you know what they're doing in a tournament style bracket in the Pac-12? They're, they played really well. They crushed all their competition and they played Arizona about as tough as they could have played them. So weirdly enough, I just think that the way that Arizona's built, or sorry, the way that UCLA is built, they're just built like a tournament team. And so I, I, I foresee, I think that they're going to do really well um, in March Madness this year. And, and definitely similar to what Hayden was saying with kind of the amount of teams, it, it, they only got three teams in the tournament. They got, they got Arizona, UCLA, and USC. Um, but the cool part is last year, right? Like as we were talking about in the big, the big 10 got nine teams in last year as well. Only one team made it past the sweet 16, made it to the elite eight, you know, Michigan made it to the elite eight and they were a one seed um, out of nine teams last year in the pac 12, four teams made it Oregon state being, being one of those bid stealers where they weren't even supposed to make the tournament. They won the pac 12 and they made it to the elite eight, the elite eight UCLA made it to the elite eight USC made it to the elite eight. So three out of the four teams that made it from the pac 12 last year made that made March madness made it to the elite eight and one big 10 team out of nine made it to the elite eight. I think it's going to be somewhat similar this year. Um, and kind of what Hayden said, I, I definitely agree that like, I hope all three of these teams <laughs> go, go further. I, I, I'm probably not going to pick my bracket that way um, because I definitely do. You know, I, I, I like Iowa. I like Purdue kind of the, the you know, the, the momentum that they're carrying into March madness, but just kind of, you know, f- so that we can kind of get this out of our heads or at least get, get the committee who picks the teams to be in the tournaments kind of get out of their head. The big 10 is just not really that great in the pack. 12 I think is a lot is very underrated and it's tough because like you know they play in the weird time zones so nobody you know if you're living on the east coast like you're not watching their games because their games start at like 11 p.m at night you know so on a work night you're like you're not or a school night you're not you don't really have time for that um but I think that they they have some legit 
you know, competition there. And I think, that, you know, I think the teams that did make it are going to go pretty far and show their stuff. So, so definitely uh, pretty cool that I picked the, the exact uh, bracket correctly as it happened with the conference tournament uh, finale there in the, um, in the Pac-12. And I foresee good things for them in the, in the, free, in the future when it comes to the March Madness, the big dance, as they like to call it. Yeah, there you go. Matt and I both have our moment of moment of fame there with Matt picking the whole Pac-12 right, and then I'm, you know, picking the the five over the three seed in the Big Ten tournament. And I think that Matt's right with with UCLA. I think that he explained it really well, and that they they are really just a tournament team. Like you can't really describe it any other way than saying that. Yeah, they just they they're one of those teams that like when they need to play well, they do play well. I guess, and they showed that in the big in the Pac-12 tournament. And again, you know, they gave Arizona a, a good run for their money in the championship. So they've shown that they can hang with a one seed in the tournament. So it's it'll be interesting to see what they do. Again, I'm I, I think that I'm getting more and more convinced as we talk about this about UCLA. And I think that again, since they made it to the final four last year, they a lot of those guys have have experience, you know, getting to the final four. And that's a huge thing in, in March Madness as well. Another thing is just that like I think that. Tiger Campbell, their their point guard with like the crazy hair, and he's I don't know he's like five ten, but he's got this crazy hair, and he's like very he's very noticeable, right? Like you look on the court and you and he's the guy that you notice. There's just something about March like teams that do well in March Madness where you can just they always have like one or two really recognizable guys, and I think that UCLA definitely has that with Tiger Campbell. So that's that's another thing that that you know kind of puts them puts them up there in my bracket. So. Moving on to the SEC, which is our last our last conference to go over. I picked this one right as well. So I actually went three for six uh, for conference winners, which I think is pretty good here. So I picked Tennessee to win the SEC championship, and they – man, they won it, let me tell you. Like, they just – they looked so good throughout this whole tournament. They – I don't even really know how to describe it. Like, the, I was watching the, the championship game today that they had – against Texas A&M and against Texas A&M is kind of, you know, they were definitely not kind of, they were definitely not expected to get to the championship at all, but they kind of showed that all they, they definitely showed that Auburn is not really the team to go for in March madness. And I think that Matt and I will both agree on that. We've both like, I was high on Auburn when they were, when they were on that like 20 or 21 game win streak, to start off this year, I think they were like 21 and 0 or 20 and 0 or something like that. And then they had their first loss. And I think that ever, ever since then, they've just kind of been, you know, they, they, they haven't really been that good. They've kind of been a little bit stagnant here and there. And then they got stopped in the tournament in the quarterfinals, which was crazy to see. We saw a lot of one seeds get, you know, kicked out in the first couple rounds there. So it was just, yeah, it was, it was a little bit weird to see that, but I was, I was kind of happy for Texas A&M. And if, if it weren't Tennessee playing in the championship with them, I definitely would have been rooting for Texas A&M. But again, since I picked Tennessee to win the SEC, then I was obviously rooting for Tennessee. But yeah, they've just got Tennessee's got such a good defense, and they, you know, they 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 shoot their shots well. Like they pick their shots well is what I'm trying to say. They, you know, they don't take like bad shots. They really they really like run you around on offense. And then if, you know, they kind of tire you out and confuse you. And the minute you're confused, they take advantage of that and they get a shot up and it's usually a pretty good shot, you know, like a, a, a shot that's not defended or, you know, contested or whatever. So, yeah, I think that Tennessee's just really strong. They were, they were strong coming into the SEC tournament. And I think they're coming out even stronger 
out of the SEC tournament and in, into the March Madness tournament. So you guys, I, I think that you guys kind of see here who I like most in the tournament. Um, and that's, you know, Iowa and, and Tennessee. And again, I'm kind of biased because I had them winning in both of those tournaments, but they did end up winning both of their tournaments. So it's just like, you know, there's, there's something to be said there, I think. So, yeah, I think that the, the biggest takeaway here for me was, was definitely Auburn losing in the quarterfinal to Texas A&M and, you know, Texas A&M making it to the championship in, you know, the SEC championship and still being left out of the tournament. That's probably the biggest storyline for me. Again, Matt kind of mentioned it earlier with the teams that got snubbed here and Texas A&M was definitely one of them because they beat, they beat Auburn in the, in, in the SEC tournament. And then I think they beat Air, or Arkansas earlier in the year. So they had two staple wins two you know, qu- quarter one wins there as they call it. And they still got snubbed. So that, that was kind of sad to see, but yeah. Yeah. And again, props to Hayden for calling, calling another championship uh, champion correctly on the conference tournament side. Um, and, and I think that that was kind of the, the reason why I didn't pick Tennessee was because I thought Kentucky was just going to roll and I picked Arkansas to win. Um, but I honestly thought in my mind, I was like, hey, Kentucky's just going to win this. Cause it's like, you know, they were playing well, they're not. So that was kind of, you know, that was definitely kind of, for me, really surprising to see how well Tennessee played against Kentucky specifically, um, because I didn't think they'd have any shot and, and they were up the entire game. I don't even think they were trailing. They led the entire game. So yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, it's a good, good pick there by Hayden, but, and he mentioned it, I think Texas A&M was just this weird, they just had it. They just had a run, you know, they got hot. And so I think that, you know, obviously if they had won the game, they would have gotten the automatic bid and they would have been a bid stealer because they weren't supposed to get in beforehand, but like the teams they beat on the way there were good. They were honest. I think they were underdogs to Florida in the first game. Um, you know, like basically a play in game for the conference tournament. Then obviously, you know, significant underdogs to Auburn, you know, crushed them significant underdogs to, to, um, to Arkansas, you know, beat yeah. them by 20 and, and then kind of, you know, obviously, in the championship game, they, they lost pretty badly to Tennessee. Um, as Hayden mentioned too, you know, Tennessee pretty much, you know, manhandled all of their games. Um, Texas A&M kind of just ran into, ran into the buzzsaw that was Tennessee. Uh, but, but right. I, it's, it's tough with a team like Texas A&M because again, I think kind of their regular season record was I think 18 and 13 or, or something around there. So it's like, they kind of had the similar record as, as a Rutgers and a Michigan teams that, easily made it like seriously they had a better record than Michigan and Michigan wasn't even one of the last four in and Texas A&M didn't even have a chance you know Texas A&M won three games in their conference tournament Michigan won zero games in their conference tournament and and Michigan wasn't even one of the last four in Texas A&M wasn't even one of the last four out you know what I'm saying or first we're out so it's like I think there was just a lot of again a lot of bias we've been talking about that I don't I don't want to go too much into it but I just think that you know it makes sense why I I completely understand why the committee didn't put Texas A&M in because you know, if Texas A&M had lost to Florida in the first game or Texas A&M had lost by, you know, even lost in overtime, let's say to Auburn, like Texas A&M wouldn't have had a prayer of getting in just because during the regular season, they didn't play that well, but you know, right. Like they got hot and they got hot in March, right. That's what we're looking for teams that get hot in March and Texas A&M did that. I, 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 I wish that they kind of had a chance to get into March madness because I think they probably could have done some damage. Um, it, obviously I think, you know, I think probably they're the biggest snub too. kind of what, you know, 
agree with what Hayden said, but I think, right, the story coming out of here is that Tennessee ran through everybody that they could. They played all the games in their schedule. They won everything they did, and, and, and they won the SEC title. So um, so props to Tennessee for doing that, and, and I think that the SEC is kind of kind of coming to pro- prominence here in, in, in college basketball in, in a sport where previously, you know, you've had, like, Alabama had a good season last year, right? You know, Tennessee's had good seasons in past years. You know, LSU's kind of stuck their neck up every once in a while, but, but really – it's been Kentucky for the past, you know, two decades as the only team that's even kind of been relevant in the SEC. Whereas now, you know, we see six teams get in from the SEC and probably, you know, should have been uh, a seventh one with, with Texas A&M. So, so I think the kind of the, the overall story coming out of this is that the SEC is kind of, you know, they're kind of asserting their dominance as, you know, definitely a good conference, a solid, you know, comp- a lot of competition and, and one to not be messed with when it comes to really kind of, you know, a, you know, finalizing their position as a top, you know, power five conference with some really great teams. So excited to see what they can do in the tournament. Um, I think that they, you know, there's a lot, there's a, a few of these teams that I can see going really far and making deep runs when it comes to March Madness. Alrighty. Well, with that being said, we will move right into our kind of initial reactions to the, to the bracket. And I don't really, <laughs> I don't really know how to start this. I guess we can kind of I'm, I'm just going to kind of give my my thoughts on some teams that I thought were seated a little bit weirdly. And I, this is kind of a, a story that's developing. I think, again, we this is a couple hours after the the selection show actually happened. So a lot of people haven't even really gotten a chance to, you know, write any articles or kind of make any actual arguments about about what I'm about to uh, what I'm about to kind of put forward. But it's that like a lot. I think a lot of people are seeing that. Some of the seeding in this bracket is a little bit questionable. Teams that I'm looking at that got seeded a little bit weirdly are, well, okay. So first of all, I am going to talk about Tennessee and Iowa here for just a little bit more. And then I'm going to, I'm going to stop for now, but those are two teams I look at and I say, why are they seated like that? Tennessee, I think should have been a two seed. And this is, I think this is like, you could be, I could say this about Tennessee and if, if Kentucky wasn't a two seed, I could, you know, you could make an argument and say, okay, well, like, you know, they haven't really proved anything else more than any of the other two seeds, but I think they've proved more than Kentucky. Like that's, that's where I'm going to go here with this argument. And I think that a lot of people would agree with me where I say this, they've beaten Kentucky in the past two matchups they've had Kentucky beat them by, I think it was, it was like 22 points. I think it was like a hundred or no Kentucky. I think they beat them by like 20, six or something like that earlier in the year, which again, that's, yeah, it's, you know, they had a great game and Kentucky blew them out and scored 107 points, I think earlier in the year, but the time before that Tennessee won in the regular season and then Tennessee beat them again in the conference championship or the conference tournament. Sorry. That I think that should just be, you know, clear cut evidence there that Tennessee should be a three. I mean, should be a two seed. And then Kentucky should be a three seed. That's the, that's where I'm first going to go with my argument about the weird seating here. And in the second place is Iowa, Iowa won the big 10 tournament. You have nine big 10 teams in the tournament and you put, you put Illinois ahead of, again, you could argue Illinois had a better regular season than Iowa did. Iowa really only got hot towards the end. They had a pretty good season overall, but I think that a team like Iowa, when they win the big 10 tournament, 
and they go through all those, you know, all those tough teams to get there and they beat Purdue, they should be like, like they should be at uh, at least a four seed, in my opinion. Again, you know, a three seed that's kind of, that's pushing it. But I think that if, if you're going to put Illinois at a four seed, which I think is I think is pretty deserving. I think that's right where they should be, because, again, they lost in the in the Big Ten tournament, even though they, they were the one seed in the Big Ten tournament. I think that, like, you can't really put Iowa below a four seed if, if you're going to put Illinois at a four seed. That's just, again, you can make the argument that Illinois had a much better regular season. And, you know, that's why they won the, the Big Ten regular season, whatever. But I think that Iowa kind of got snubbed with that. And I think that Tennessee also got snubbed with their placement in the, in the seating. Again, those two teams, I talked a lot about those teams in the, you know, in the discussion of the, of the conference tournaments, but conference tournaments, like they're, they're this important for a reason. And again, there's, there's a reason why all conference tournament winners make it to March madness. And that's because, you know, they, they have a chance at it. Like they, that proves that they've, that they can win consecutive games in a row, you know, playing every other day or playing consecutive days. A lot of teams played consecutive days and that, that won't even really happen in March madness. You know, teams always get at least the um, at least two days off, or at least a day off in between their games. But I just think, yeah, I think both of those teams just kind of got, you know, a little bit snubbed with their seeding. Again, they're they're in the tournament. And it's fine. And they're they're at high seeds, I guess. But I think that a higher seed for both of them would have been a little bit better, a little bit more merited by by what they did in their conference tournaments. Yeah, I think that I mean. I, you're right. I mean, I think that, you know, right. It's, it's, I think the tough part is, and I was watching kind of right after the selection Sunday selection Sunday show ended. Um, I watched a little bit more on the CBS coverage. I also turned it to ESPN. They had Joe Lenardi on talking about his bracketology and everything like that. Apparently it's like a known fact throughout every single March madness in the history of ever that kind of the phrase is, Sunday doesn't matter. So all of the, the conference championships that and the games that happen on Sunday kind of, you know, in the couple hours right before March Madness, like either the committee doesn't have time to like reseed the bracket or they don't think that the conference championship really matters. It's more about the regular season whatever however that kind of is decided apparently that's like the rule and then the kind of joe lenardi was kind of breaking it down and he was like you know apparently from what he is like metrics and whatever he said that auburn and kentucky showed way more throughout the regular season that tennessee did and, and tennessee just kind of made a run in the tournament and they had an easy kind of championship matchup against texas a&m and and so I, like i think you can make an argument for both of those teams like hayden did but um Apparently that's kind of the reason why I think that they just, nobody really, the way that they seed it and whatever, um, you know, Tennessee and, and, and Iowa were kind of like, if they had lost in the, in the semifinal game, both of them probably would have gotten the similar seed as they did despite winning their conference tournament. So I think let's not really view this as an opportunity to kind of hate on the committee for seeding the teams wrong. I think we should just look at this as an opportunity to say, Hey, these are some teams that are hot in March carrying a lot of momentum into the tournament into March, you know, the big tournament and teams that can make a run. Right. So, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's like, you know what the seating is what the seating is apparently, you know, this, I think proves the rule here that like, you know, the, 
the, I mean, the Big Ten and the SEC both played their conference tournaments on their conference tournament championships on Sunday. Tennessee and Iowa both won those games. And both of them were essentially, I mean, as, as Hayden said, kind of snubbed or, 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 or seated wrongly in the opinion of just kind of what we've been seeing out of these teams as of recently. Apparently that's that's just kind of a, a, a tradition almost where where the committee just whoever they're deciding gets in and what seeds there are they don't really pay attention to the championship games that happen on Sunday and so that just kind of happened to be two of the hottest teams in the country in Tennessee and Iowa kind of being on the short end of that stick. But as I said, I think there's a good opportunity for us to kind of, you know, to kind of make some up, make some upset picks here as we're, as we're, you know, as we're witnessing Iowa and Tennessee make, make huge runs there. Um, Seeding for me, I mean, obviously I think the biggest one for me would be, would be Tennessee. But again, I think just kind of looking at the overall kind of regular season, you know, I I think that, I don't know. I think that Auburn, Auburn and Kentucky kind of proved their worth there. And so it's going to be tough to kind of move them off the two seed line. Elsewhere, I mean, we already talked about the the uh, the Big Ten and kind of how a lot of I don't I I just don't think a lot of their teams that made it should have should have made it um, over you know potentially other teams from other conferences, but nothing really kind of jumps out at me. I mean, obviously, I think all the one seeds were correct. I think all the two seeds were were correct, um, and and so I think that nothing really jumps out at me as like this is wrong. I'm really upset about this, you know, anything like that. I do, but you know, if there were to be any, it would be the two that Hayden mentioned, Tennessee and Iowa. So I think he definitely kind of you know hit the nail on the head there and, and that speaks for speaks for itself really um I'm going to kind of get into a couple of maybe strategies, just kind of things, general information, just things we're looking at, trends maybe that we're looking at when it comes to, you know, kind of before you're making your March Madness bracket here. Um, obviously, as I mentioned, you know, kind of the, the weird stat where, you know, if it, any, there's been no teams that lose their first conference tournament game to win the national championship. And I think that the two teams that stick out with this trend are Baylor, uh, who's obviously a one seed, and then Auburn, who's a two seed. I both, Neither of them won their first game in, in, their, in their conference tournament. You know, Auburn lost to Texas A&M, and then Baylor lost to Oklahoma. So, you know, I think those are two teams that I'm going to cross off my I'm going to, I'm going to stick with this trend. Those are two teams I'm going to cross off my list immediately. I don't think either of those teams are going to win the, win the national championship. Obviously, you know, it takes a lot to get there and whatever. Um, And and as I said earlier, I don't even think either of those teams are going to get to the final four. So I'm not really high on, on kind of the, uh, or I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just agreeing with the trend here. I think that, you know, if you're not hot going into March and kind of doing well in your conference tournament, it's not, that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign that you're going to be able to just switch things immediately and just start making a run here in March. Um, Another solid trend has been guard play, um, which is a little bit harder to kind of um, measure, I think, kind of with numbers as well, you know, like with, with, with the whole kind of, you know, not winning your first game in your conference tournament, you know, we can say definitively Baylor and Auburn did not win their first game. Therefore, I will not pick them to win the, you know, to win the national championship. Guard play is kind of a little bit more abstract, right? So it's kind of, it's tough to tell who are the best guards in the country. And, and then also kind of on top of that, you can have a really good point guard on one team, but if you don't have a good kind of two guard, a shooting guard or, or, another kind of bench player role player guard that can kind of take over for them you know, it's, it's a little tough to kind of point out the, those teams that do have good guards. And the reason that guard plays important, I skipped over this a little bit is that 
you like that's the quarterback of your team when you're on the court right and so obviously we know that when it comes to March Madness every single team is giving their absolute all to win every single game and 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 it's the same in football right where like if you're you know you're going out there win a football game your quarterback needs to be playing well and it's the same deal in March Madness and basketball where you know if if you have two guards who are solid and, and you know you're going to hear about people say good backcourt your backcourt is kind of your you know your guard tandem if your guards aren't playing well, the quarterback of your team isn't playing well, you don't really have a good chance to fare well when it comes to making a run in March Madness. Because again, you know, we're going to be talking about all these teams, all these matchups and everything. But at the end of the day, like the team who wins the national championship has to win six straight games against the best competition in the in all of college basketball. Right. So like that to me says, look, if you don't have good point guards, good, you know, shooting guards who can kind of carry your team to a lot of these wins against really good competition. You know, you can say goodbye to your chances to, to you know, to, to winning a, a national championship here. So kind of just examples of teams that, that have good guard play, I would say, I mean, obviously kind of, you know, I, I would stick out there, um, you know, Villanova as one, obviously Colin Gillespie, like he was the big ace player of the year. He led them to kind of, you know, to kind of win their conference tournament. Um, you know, they were on the ropes on, at, you know, playing against UConn, Colin Gillespie hit like two threes uh, at the very, the very closing seconds there. So Villanova is a good team or a good example of a team that has good guard play. Tennessee is also a good example of a team that has good guard play. Um, they have three Tyson Chandler. I, I forget two other, uh, two of their other guys. I'm forgetting the guy's name, but they have good, they have like three good guards, right? So, you know, Tennessee is another good example. Um, and then, and then obviously I would, I would say personally UCLA again, you know, we've kind of, we've kind of, uh, we've kind of given them a little bit of, of, of grief here in the regular season, but right. I mean, Tiger Campbell, Jaime, Jaime Jaquez, um, you know, Johnny Juzang, like all these guys can kind of play. They're all kind of, I would say like, you know, they all play the three or four position, but they all can all bring up the, bring the ball up the court. Right. And that's really what you're looking for someone who can initiate your offense. Um, you know, keep, keep everyone kind of in their place when it comes to just being able to score the basketball and, and, and score more than, than your opponent. So, so those are kind of teams that I'm thinking of that have good guards, experienced guards, you know, people, you know, guys who have done this before and, and who can really lead their team when it comes to making a run in March Madness and just having all the, the necessary capabilities of being good, you know, having good backcourts and, and kind of just, you know, those are a few examples of teams that, you know, there's others and, and, and we'll get to this, you know, I think you can definitely make a case for Iowa with, with, with uh, you know, with Bohannon and Keegan Murray. I mean, those guys are, those guys are great. So I think that you know, obviously there's, there's more than just the teams that I just mentioned, but I think those are a couple teams, uh, you know, that, that I think that we could be looking for to, to, you know, to make a run here. Um, but I think the overall trends kind of what I more wanted to say is that, you know, the, the whole, you know, losing your game, losing early in your conference tournament and having bad, a bad backcourt, bar, bad guard play. Those are, you know, those are definitely not kind of, you know, those are some trends that we're not looking back when we're talking about make t- choosing teams to make it far into March Madness. Yeah, I think that Matt hit the nail on the head with those, you know, with those trends, of course, strategies and picking teams in the tournament that have better guards and that, you know, are, are, are better in, in their backcourt and the guys that can, you know, that have really good leaders in, in the backcourt and, you know, good point guards really just in general. But I think that there's also, and I'm going to point out a couple other trends as well. And these are more just like statistics driven. And again, this is kind of, statistics historically in March madness have been a little bit tricky because like sometimes they're very, they're very blatant. And if, you know, if, if a team makes a huge upset, sometimes you can look at that team and you can look at the statistics comparison 
just in terms of like field goal percentage and, you know, three point percentage and, and free throw percentage. And I guess, you know, like where their defense ranks and everything like that, you can look at those numbers and you can say, okay, well, you know, it makes sense that this upset happened because this 12 seed is, you know, has the, has the number three defense in the league, but that's also because they've been playing teams in their conference that aren't, you know, aren't as good as the five seed that they're going to be playing in the tournament. So it's just like, this statistics can get a little bit weird and, you know, rankings can get a little bit weird when it comes to time for March madness. But I think two statistics that you can always rely on to be kind of like a deal breaker. If you're having a hard time picking between two teams, especially like the eight and nine seeds, those are, those are definitely, and I'm actually going to give an example of this here with TCU and Seton hall, but the, like the eight and nine seeds, if you're having a hard time picking against, you know, picking between those two teams for those matchups, I think that like, I think that three point percentage and free throw percentage do tell a lot about a team. And especially if it's like drastic. So again, I said, I'm going to give an example here and it's Seton Hall and TCU. And so Seton Hall is the eight seed and TCU is the nine seed. And this is in the South region where the winner of this game will play Arizona. Now, again, you may be thinking like, it doesn't really matter because Arizona is probably going to run over either of these teams. It doesn't matter which in the, in the round of 32, but I'm going to give you an example again, just because, you know, this, this first round game might, might make you win your pool. You know, those, that, those 10 points that you get from this game. So TCU had, they've been a pretty good team, right? They, uh, they, all right. So they beat somebody in the front. Who was it? Texas. Yeah. Texas. So yeah, again, like Texas was, is a good team and they beat Texas in the, in the quarterfinals of the big 12 tournament. And then they lost against Kansas in the semifinals. That was kind of expected, but again, they had a pretty good win over Texas and you might be saying, okay, well, TCU looks pretty interesting. That was what I was saying when I first saw this matchup, I was saying, okay, well, Seton Hall, you know, they didn't do too well in the, in the conference tournament. They lost against UConn in the, in the quarterfinals and they, you know, they haven't really looked that good. And so that, that's my, that might be what you, what you're saying. But then when you look at the statistics, TCU shoots a 30.4% from three. That's like very, very bad. That's 328th in the country. And again, I think there's like 350 something teams total in division one. So it's just like, that's really bad. <laughs> that's, that is very, very bad that they're almost dead last in, in um, three point percentage. Now Seton hall, isn't much better. They're at 34%, but again, like percentage, especially with three point percentage, you know, you might be thinking, okay, well, a 3.6% difference between 30.4 and 34% is pretty much nothing. But again, TCU is 328th in three pointers and Seton hall is 166th. That's a lot of spaces in between there for a small percentage. So these percentages as, as small as the difference may be, it actually makes a big difference in terms of where they rank in, in, you know, in terms of like other teams in the country and how they shoot from, from three point range. Now you may be saying, okay, well, you know, three point field goals, they, it's, it's whatever, you know, the teams have won when they don't really have a good three point team in the tournament. It's, you know, it's been seen, it's been done before, whatever free throw percentage. That's another, that's another, uh, I guess, metric where you look at and you say, okay, well, when it comes down to crunch time and at the end of the game, teams, you know, need to make free throws. If they're getting fouled, if they're, if, if the game is close, say it's within three points within the final 30 seconds, right. And they're up by three and they get fouled a bunch by the other team. They need to be able to make their free throws. They need to have good guys on the court. You know, the, the, the center, the power forward, everybody needs to be, needs to be able to make free throws because 
that's what really keeps you in the lead towards the end of the games when when other teams start fouling you. TCU shoots 66.8%. So let's just call it 67. I'm, I'll, I'll give you the 0.2% here. So 67% from the free throw line. That's 300 seconds, 77, sorry, 322nd in the country. So they're 328th in the country from, from the three-point line and 322nd in the country from the free throw line. That is horrendous. And when you're looking at a team like TCU, who's like, okay, yeah, they're looking pretty good. They, they had a, a win against Texas in the big 12 tournament. They suck in terms of those metrics. Like they're, they're not good at all. Seton hall has actually one of the best um, free throw percentages in the country They're I mean, they're, they're 44th, but that's still top 50 is still pretty good in anything. Um, and they, they shoot 75% from, from the free, from the free throw line. So again, you know, it's, it's only about 7% or 8% difference between these free throw percentages, but that makes a lot of difference at the end of the games. And that's, that's kind of what you're going to be looking for in March madness is, is these two metrics matched up against, again, like Matt said, you know, guard play, you know, combine those two things and you've got a team that, that could make a run in the tournament. So I think that, again, like Matt said, I think that trends is, is, a, is a huge thing to look at. I'm not saying don't pick, TCU, you know what I'm saying? Like, like TCU may, may well win against Seton Hall. Again, it's an, it's an eight versus nine seed. It's, it's one of the hardest uh, games to pick in all of March madness. So it's just like, you know, they're, they're the closest seeds going up against each other and it's kind of a toss up, but I think that in, 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 in an, an extreme case like TCU, I think that, you know, going Seton Hall and, and saying, okay, well, I'm confident in Seton, in Seton Hall here because, TCU is so bad in both of these categories. That's a smart pick. And that's something that you want to be, you know, reliant on throughout, throughout your picks in March madness. So that's kind of just, I just kind of wanted to give that example there because I think it is again, like if you're, if you're kind of on the fence about a team, it is something that can kind of reassure you if you're looking, if you're looking to go one way or the other. Yeah. And, and a great, uh, I think probably the site that Hayden's using to, to kind of give you these stats is kenpom.com. You've probably heard of it. If, you've done March Madness or anything before college basketball. Um, okay. Like it's, it's literally Ken pop K E N P O M.com. Um, he's like this crazy mathematician guy and he, he has his, you know, this crazy formula for ranking teams and, and it, you can filter it by, you know, adjusted offense, adjusted defense. There's even a luck factor, right? We we're talking about Providence and like, you know, they're like number one in luck. Um, and it basically just, you know, it, it combines all of those statistics and, and rankings and everything into kind of one final ranking system. And it's not, I mean, it's not the end all be all. It's not, I mean, obviously like Gonzaga is number one, like that doesn't mean that they're automatically going to win the national championship, but just kind of what Hayden was saying, I think it, it was is really good is like, if you are kind of, you know, you're stuck on a matchup or, or you just want to look up, look deeper into a team, you know, you haven't heard like Iowa state, you like, I didn't expect them to make the tournament. Like, you know, who, who they, they haven't played any games. Right. Well, it turns out they have, I think they're tied for first with the most, like most like um, quadrant one win. So they, they have like the best wins against the best teams, but who would have known that they're an 11 seed. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I think that kind of stuff will, will help looking at statistics kind of to, to kind of, you know, overbalance or kind of, you know, decide between a game that you're having a little bit of trouble picking. Um, but as I had mentioned, right. Three, Three-point percentage and free-throw percentage are definitely two of the biggest stats that you want to look at just because it, it proves how a team's going to be able to keep up. When, you know, when we're talking about three-point, you know, 
make the threes and because those are the those are the shots that count um and then free throws are huge especially in these march games because it's like all these games are going to be a lot of these games are going to be close they're going to be you know they're going to be tight you're going to want to get your you know you're going to want to get your free throws because it may come down to making your free throws that's a big that's a big portion of this so i think that you know, I think that that's, I think Hayden, Hayden really nailed it on the head there with those two stats being, being important, but right. You know, look at your offensive stats, look at your defensive stats, because I think as much as, as much as we like to praise the teams that score a lot, you know, we were talking about Iowa and, you know, and, and, and Arizona scores a ton. Right. But it's like, if you can defend teams like Texas tech teams, like San Diego state, you know, they're, they're like one and two uh, defensively ranked and, and you wouldn't really think about that. Right. But like, if you can prevent teams from scoring a lot of points and your defense is suffocating, well, if they can't score any points and you just don't score that many points, you know, that, that it leads to a victory, right? Like, you know, we all talk about UVA being so disappointing all the time. Well, you know, they had the best defense for like five straight years and guess what? They won a title out of it. Right. So that, that year, 2019, they won the championship and they played great defense. So it's like, you know, all these metrics matter. It's just kind of picking out the ones that mean the most to you personally. Um, but also just kind of, I think, in addition to the stats, you kind of have to know what these teams have been doing, right? So like Hayden, I think picked out TCU, right? They're bad at free throws and they're bad at three point percentage, but they made kind of a mini run in the big 12 tournament. They ended the season really great. They beat Kansas, a top 10 team. They beat Texas tech, a top 10 team to end the regular season. Then they beat Texas who was, you know, a top 25 team in the first game of their conference tournament. So it's like, despite the fact that TCU may have bad stats, they ended the season really well. They're playing really well entering March Madness, and I am definitely going to pick them to beat Seton Hall, right? So it's like, that's kind of the funny thing is like Hayden pointed out, you know, right, this is kind of a team that you might want to look at as kind of, you know, they're, they're kind of a bad team, but statistically, yeah, they're a bad team. If on the eye test, just the way that they've been playing, they're a good team, you know? So it's like, that's kind of, you also have, that's the balance that you have to accrue when you're talking about, um, you know, making your decisions for the teams that are kind of going to make a run here in March Madness. And that's all, that's what it's all about. So I think that, you know, I think we've definitely kind of run the gamut on, on, on reviewing the conference tournaments as well as kind of giving a good, a good bunch of suggestions, just kind of general advice here when we go into, uh, you know, picking the teams, you know, picking the brackets out. Uh, and then obviously tomorrow's the, tomorrow's the big show, you know, we give all our picks, give our, our final four teams, our championship teams, um, and, and definitely going to be held to that for sure. So going to have a lot of upset pick. It's, it's, it's going to be crazy, uh, you know, for, for what tomorrow has to bring. Um, but I think that hopefully we're kind of able to, to, to give you a good, a good sense of, and I think that kind of just, just the last point, right. You know, like, it may have been a lot to get through those conference tournament reviews, but again, it, it matters a lot how the teams are playing coming off of their conference tournament heading into March Madness. So a lot of the teams that don't look great on the stat sheet may have been just playing really well in their conference tournament. They can make it, they're definitely a candidate to make a run in March Madness. So, uh, so definitely excited for glad that we kind of got everything out today and definitely excited for the episode tomorrow. Yes, sir. That is right. I, I'm really happy with how this episode turned out. And, and obviously I'm really excited for next, ne- next episode tomorrow night. Again, we're having a back-to-back banger here, which, which is awesome to be, to be able to say, again, we're kind of just, you know, we're, we're trying to get this content out to you guys. And we didn't want to make like one huge episode where we just talk for two and a half hours about March Madness, because again, like we could have done that. And you know, that, that might be a, uh, a better option for, you know, if, if we were just doing one day, but yeah, I think that like splitting it, splitting it up over two days and especially just giving our initial reactions and giving you guys these strategies as soon as possible is the best thing. Because again, we're, we're creeping right up on Thursday here. 
don't have a lot of time to make brackets between now and Thursday. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's going to be that. And we're, we're just going to crank out another episode tomorrow. I'm su- super excited for it. And I hope you guys are too. We're also going to have an episode on Wednesday. So we're going to have like three, not like we're going to have three episodes this week and they're all going to be probably about the time that they run usually for us, you know, about hour, hour, 15 minutes. So yeah, you guys are going to have a lot of content from us this week and it's, it's a special week. So that's why. So we're going to get into some NFL more on, on Wednesday, but you guys will have college basketball again from us tomorrow. Hope you guys enjoy this episode and we'll catch you guys tomorrow. <laughs>